In John, would you turn there please to John chapter 14. We've been talking for a few weeks now on the subject of the glory of God. I believe it's timely. I believe it's where we ought to be right now. And I believe the Lord's taken us somewhere. I believe he's setting us up. You know what I mean by that? He's got us on a course. He's setting us up. He's preparing us for what's ahead of us. In John 14, John 14, I'm reading out of the Amplified now. Verse 15, John 14, 15. If you really love me, you'll keep my commands. I'll ask the Father, he'll give you another comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, stand by, that he may remain with you forever. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know or recognize him, but you know and recognize him, for he lives with you constantly and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come back to you. Just a little while now, and the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live, you will live also. Now, now understand this. He said, you're going to see me. Did you hear that? You're going to see me. Verse 20, at that time, you'll know that I'm in my Father and you're in me and I'm in you. Verse 21, the person who has my commands and keeps them is the one who really loves me, and whoever really loves me will be loved by my Father. And I too will love him and will show myself to him. The Amplified says, reveal, manifest myself to him. I will let myself be clearly seen by him and make myself real to him. Thank you, Lord. Did the Lord tell us? That if we would love him and obey him, he would reveal himself to us. He would make himself known to us, make himself real to us. Is there anything more dear to the heart of the child of God than God becoming more real to you? Knowing him better and seeing him clearer? No, no. Thank God. Do we have a word to stand on? To stand and say, I'm believing for God to manifest himself to me. Make himself more real to me. Yes, we do. Right here. Right here. But it's with an if there. If what? If we keep his commandments, which is the revelation that we love him. A lot of folk don't like it this plain, but it's just this way. The big problem that we have in churches with lack of commitment is just simply not loving God enough. Did you hear me? The problems we have with sin is just simply people not loving God enough. Are you with me now? You know, I understand there's a lot of people could be in here with us this morning worshiping God, but they're not here. Why? They're not in any church. Why? Well, the commitment's not there. Some of them claim to be Christians, but the commitment's not there. They're not unwilling to commit to even attending church regularly, much less serving anywhere. And you can't count on them for anything. 
And they say, yeah, but I, you know, I love the Lord in my own way. And people say, well, I believe I can be just as good a Christian staying at home and just praying by myself. Or I like to go out in the woods and be with God in nature. Well, that's great. But you can't be as good a Christian as anybody else ignoring the Bible. And the Bible told us very plainly not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. And it's more than just getting up and going to church. It's a matter of where, how do you serve God? What do you do? How are you serving God with your life? And I understand there's all kind of things to do. But with so many churches, you've got a few people that just work nonstop while you've got 90% that do nothing but show up once a month. Why? Why is it that way? Well, because some people love God a lot. And it's shown up by them obeying him. And if they find out he don't like it, they stop it. They find out he wants them to do it, they do it. Right? Why? Because they love him. They love him more than they love themselves. And then there's a whole lot of people that just don't love God that much. They love him a little bit. Not enough to do what he said. They love their self more. They love what they're doing more. And so, and they want to make it an issue of church commitment or commitment to the people of God. No, it's commitment to God. It's loving God. That's the big thing. How many remember what Jesus said? You know, the individual wanted to make a big issue about legalities. He said, well, what is the, uh, the greatest commandment of all? The Lord didn't hesitate. He said, you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, with all your strength, and your neighbor is yourself. That's the great commandment. On that, everything else hangs. The law and the prophets, right? Say it out loud, even if it doesn't feel that way to you this morning. Say it out loud over the Internet. Say it out loud. I love the Lord my God. With all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my strength, I love him above myself, above my family, above everything. Amen. Now, if you do, that'll be evidenced by you obeying him, right? You'll obey him. And if you obey him, what did he say? I will manifest myself to you. Whoo, glory. Is it true that God is more real to some people than he is to others? Oh, no question. I mean, there's a lot of people in the world, they are oblivious to God. Right? As far as they're concerned, there is no God. They don't believe there is. He's not real to them. And they blame it on him. Well, prove to me that there's a God. That's not our job. See, I mean, people got it turned around. Well, prove to me. Show me there's a God. If God wanted to prove himself to the world, he could do it in a nanosecond. (laughs) Right? He could lift his little finger and wave it a little bit in the earth and every living soul on the planet would have their nose pasted on the ground going, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Somebody says, why don't he do it? He doesn't want to. He's chosen not to. Why? Because then it wouldn't be faith. Faith wouldn't be involved. And people would be moved out of fear of his power or whatever. He's not interested in that. There's coming a time. I said, there's coming a time 
where he's going to demonstrate himself. And the kingdoms of this world, they will become the kingdoms of our Lord and God. And his kingdom will be established in the earth and will never, ever cease. It will exist forever. But right now, the faithful are being chosen. Right now, he's building his family. What qualifies you to be his family? You believe on him without having seen him. You love him, though you haven't seen him. Did you hear me? You serve him, though you haven't seen him. You walk by faith. This qualifies you to be a part of the ecclesia, the church, the called out ones. Smart ones believe on him now. (laughs) Right? It's coming a time when every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that's beings in heaven, beings on the earth, beings under the earth. How many understand soon and very soon there will be no agnostics and there will be no atheists. No, every knee, every mouth, wise ones do it now ahead of time. How about you? You one of the wise ones who confess him now, who believe on him now, boldly, now. I'm not ashamed of the Lord. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Don't care who sees or knows. Oh, you're one of them. Yeah, and you ought to be. Right? That's right. Yes. So the Lord told us that if we loved him. It'd be demonstrated by us obeying him. And if we obeyed him, demonstrating our love for him, he said, how many know you can count on what the Lord said? He said, I will manifest myself to you. Let myself be clearly seen by you. Make myself real to you, the Amplified said. Go back to the 11th chapter, please, of John. John 11, let's remind ourselves of this again. John 11, the account of Lazarus being raised from the dead. They're all standing out there at the cemetery. And Jesus said, John 11, 39, 11, 39, he said, take you away the stone. That today, you know, it'd be like saying, dig them up in most cemeteries, dig them up. And Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time he stinks, for he's been dead four days. Now, they weren't confused about whether he was dead or not, right? They knew he was dead. Cold, dead, stiff, stinking, dead. And Jesus said, now look at verse 40. Jesus said to her, said I not unto thee? That if you would believe, you should see the glory of God. He said, didn't I tell you? That what? If. Now see, here's another if, isn't it? We just got through reading, if you love the Lord, if you keep his commandments, then he's going to manifest himself to you. Here, if what? If you believe, you would see the glory of God. Well, they must have believed because they did. See here, faith, you know, living faith acts. If you really believe something and it's a living faith in you, you're going to act on it. They must have believed him. How do we know? They rolled the stone away. 
They dug him up. Right? Did they see the glory of God that day? Oh, my. Next thing you know, here comes Lazarus all wrapped up in these grave clothes, hopping out. Well, he was cold and dead and stinking just a few minutes ago. It's a few seconds ago. And he said, loose him and let him go. And they unwrapped him. Next thing you know, he's sitting at the table saying, pass the biscuits, please. Did they see the glory of God? Did they see the glory of God in the man being sick? Did they see the glory of God in the man dying prematurely? No, did they see the glory of God and everybody crying and, and grieving out there? When did they see the glory of God? When he was raised from the dead and healed. If he hadn't have been healed, he'd have died again immediately from whatever killed him the first time, right? Raised from the dead and healed, they saw the glory of God. The works of the devil glorify the devil. The works of the devil, Jesus uh, summarized in saying he comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. How many understand destruction doesn't glorify God? Glorifies the author of it. Right? Anything that steals from you, robs your money, robs you of family members, robs you of your time, robs you of your peace. Anything that destroys, does that glorify God? It does not. Now, it can be an occasion for God to be glorified, right? Like, does sin glorify God? Certainly not. But could it be an occasion for God to be glorified when somebody's delivered from the sin? When somebody's set free and they stand up and say, man, I was in the dregs of life and look what God did. He brought me up. He cleaned me up. I'm happy and free. Did the sin glorify God? No, it did not. But the deliverance out of it did. Same thing with poverty. Same thing with sickness. Same thing with all these things. How many desire for God to be fully glorified in your spirit and in your body and in your family and your marriage and your children and grandchildren, your finances, your business, everything? How many believe it's the will of God for people to see your life? And you're so blessed and you're so free and you're so prosperous and, and so, uh, you know, victorious until they look at you and go, glory to God. Glory to God. Look at that. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Do you use that phrase very often? You ought to. Let's stir up and use it some more. Try it out a few times right now. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory. Glory to God. 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 Do that around your house a lot more. It'll change the atmosphere. I'm telling you. Do it in your car. Do it when you're getting ready in the morning. Do it on the job. You know, if it's inconvenient and from stuff you're doing, do it under your breath. But you can still do it. Right? Glory to God. Glory to God. I feel better just doing it right now, don't you? (laughs) Glory to God. Glory to God. What if you sat in your chair this afternoon at the house for two hours and just said, Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory.
Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory, 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 glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory, glory, glory to God. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Glory to God, glory, 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 glory. Glory to God. I can't tell about back there, but up here it's getting better. Man. Glory to God. Well, what's happening... It's what I was going to talk about in my message. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. 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 Glory to Glory to God. Glory, glory, glory to God. Glory to God. Ooh, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory, 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 glory. Oh, thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Glory to God. 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 Hallelujah. Well, what's the Lord doing? Manifesting Himself to us. Hallelujah. You just watch now that He'll get stronger and stronger. And stronger as these days go on and these weeks go by. Stronger and stronger. And in the uh, atmosphere of the manifest presence of God, uh, you can be healed without anybody praying for you. Delivered without anybody laying hands on you. Right? Get your answer without anybody counseling you. Just know. Get free. Thank God. Thank God. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Glory to God. Lord, we worship you. We worship you, Lord. We worship you. We praise you, Lord. Oh, we glorify you. We glorify you. We magnify you.
We worship you. We worship you. We worship you, Lord. We worship you. Glory to you. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. You can be seated. Now you don't have to change into just a being taught mode because you sit down. You can stay in the same frame of heart and mind. Even though you're hearing the word. Right? Right? You don't have to just become more mental. In uh, Luke, the 24th chapter. Thank you, Lord. How <laughs> I many of this is what church is all about? I mean, you know, it's not just me coming looking at you and you come looking at me. Let's come meet God. I mean, let's let's let Him let Him be God. Let Him manifest Himself. And one reason I want to say a few more things right now is because. It's not supposed to just be limited to here at the church service. Right? It's supposed to be like this and stronger at your house. Right? And when you go out to eat with friends and when you ride in your car, uh, the presence of God should manifest wherever we go. And there's a very simple but so powerful key to this. Uh, you can just think about, you know, from a few weeks ago to now, uh, we can see increase yes. in the manifestation of the presence of God. Amen. Well, does us talking about it have anything to do with it? Yes. <laughs> huh? Does you and I thinking about it and, yes. and hearing the word and speaking the word, does it have anything to do with it? Yes, oh, yes, it does. Yes, it does. Faith comes by yes. hearing. Well, we're believing for the manifestation of the glory of God. Well, when you hear about it, your faith comes. And the more you believe for this, and it's not just believing for an experience now. We're believing for God. We love God. We don't just want to know about the power of God. We want to know more of God personally. We're not just hungry for the miraculous. We're hungry for God. Right? Big difference. We're not just hungry for signs and wonders. We're hungry for God and his will to be done. What do you want? What pleases you, Lord? That's the big thing. Well, in Luke 24, I want you to notice something. Luke 24, Jesus has gone to the cross and he's been buried and he's been raised from the dead. And different ones are seeing him after he's raised from the dead. And the Bible tells in verse uh, 13 of Luke 24, 24, 13, Luke, two of them, two disciples, the same day they were going to a village called Emmaus, and they talked together of all these things which had happened. They did what? What are they talking about? 
Now, if you go back and look at the rest of it, you'll see that, you know, some of the women had seen him at the tomb. And then they had ran and told the disciples, and different ones were perplexed about what this meant. I mean, they can't find him. Where is he? They're talking about him. And how many understand the Bible said that Jesus was raised from the dead by the glory of God? Romans 6 and Romans 8, if you look at those passages, Jesus was raised from the dead by the Holy Spirit, one passage says. Another says, by the glory of God, the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of glory. Well, in talking about him being raised from the dead, is he? Is he not? Wonder what it is? They're talking about this manifestation of the glory of God, aren't they? And as they're talking and walking and talking and walking, verse 14 They talked together of all these things which had happened, and it came to pass that while they communed, while they were talking about it and fellowshipping around these things, Jesus himself showed up. Ah, do you see it? Jesus himself drew near and went with them. They were talking about him. They were talking about the glory that was manifest. And they were talking about how it had happened and and what was happening and and what was going to happen. And they looked up and there he was. At first they didn't recognize him. You know, there are times when people say, oh, I want to see God and I want God to manifest. And he does and they didn't even know it. Depending on your degree of carnality, you won't even know. You know, the Bible said Jesus, on one occasion, he was speaking to the people and something came up and he spoke to the Father. He said, Father, glorify your name. And the Father spoke audibly out of heaven and said, I have and I'll glorify it again. The people heard it. And the Bible said, some said it thundered. (laughs) And others said, no, God spoke to him. I heard it. They all heard the same thing, but a different response. Do you see that? See, people can be right in the middle of a mighty move of God. And depending on how carnal you are and how unbelieving and unpersuadable you are, you can leave going, oh, I don't know what that was. While other people are passed out on the floor in ecstasy with the glory of God. And you're going, oh, I don't go for all that. You see what I'm saying? It depends on you. I know my father, uh, as a boy, he was in one of William Branham's meetings and was standing beside a person who had this huge goiter on their side of their neck. I mean, the thing protruded out to here. Everybody could see it. It was huge. It was obvious. And the healing line, when they were ministered to, he said he's shorter than them. He's a boy, and he's looking up at it, and he said uh, it looked like you stuck a pin in the balloon. He said that thing, right before his eyes, just went right down and was smooth on the side of that person's neck. He saw it right there. He said any number of people close enough to see it saw it. So she was shouting. You knew something happened to her just from hearing her without seeing And he said that leaving the building, he said there were several men out there outside talking that had seen it too. And one of them said to the other, said, ah, they had that framed up somewhere or another. 
Yeah, I don't know how they did it, but they had that framed up somewhere. Well, see, sometimes people say, well, if I could see something like that, then I'd believe. No, you wouldn't. Uh -uh. Seeing is not believing. No, seeing has got very little to do with believing. It's a choice to walk by faith instead of by sight. If you don't believe without seeing, you wouldn't believe if it was right in front of your nose. I don't care what kind of miracle you see. You could make some kind of excuse for it. Well, it's a strange geophysical phenomenon. We can't really. Have you ever heard that kind of thing? Well, it's a miracle. Well, I wouldn't say that. But we can't explain it. It was some kind of a, you know, miracle. How about that? Yeah. Miracle. <laughs> How about mirror? How about God is alive? How about He answers the prayers of His people and He responds to His people's faith? And He made the body and He could change it in the blink of an eye. He set the laws of nature in motion. He could temporarily suspend them. He can back them up. He can make the sun stand still in the sky. He can make an iron axe head float. Right? He can do some things. How many believe you got a God who can do some things? We ought to give him glory. Give him all the credit, all the glory. We ought to praise him and acknowledge him and not be slow to believe and hard to be persuaded. So people pride themselves that, you know, I'm no fool. Nobody's going to dupe me. Well, you're not supposed to believe just everything you see in here. But don't be slow to believe God. And even if you're not sure about this happening or not, you ought to be quick to believe God could do it. Nothing's too hard for him. Right? You ought to believe he could do it. Even if you're not sure whether that happened or not, you should be quick to believe in God. Quick to believe. Slow to doubt. Quick to believe. He said while they were talking. Everybody say while they were talking. They're talking about the Lord. They're talking about what happened. They weren't sure that it was the glory that had been manifested, but they were talking about it just the same. And they look up, and there he was. Everybody say, while they were talking. There he was. You skip on down. Jesus began to speak to them. In verse uh, 25, After they had told him, they said, you know, well, let me back up a little bit. He said, uh, verse 22, they're telling Jesus. All three of them's walking along the road here, you know. And verse uh, 23, they said, 22, excuse me. They said, certain women of our company made us astonished and they were early at the sepulchre. And when they found not his body, they came and they said they seen a vision of angels, which said that he was alive. So see, that's what they were talking about. And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulchre, and they found it even so as the women had said, but him they saw not. So they're kind of saying, you know, we're not sure. And Jesus said, verse 25, O fools, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things? And what? Enter into his glory. So what were they talking about? Whether they knew it or not, they're talking about the glory of God. And Jesus said, you ought to be quick to believe. Don't be slow to believe. Be quick to believe. 
And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Glory to God. How many like to be preached to personally by Jesus? Well, that's what's happening this morning. Because you got the spirit of Jesus inside you. It can happen at your house any day and any night. Right? And the Bible said, verse 31... After he had eaten with them, their eyes were open, and they knew him. In other words, they recognized him finally, and he vanished out of their sight. You know, one of these days, soon, won't be very long, you're going to get a souped up body just like his. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Whew. Now you see me? Now you don't. Where'd he go? I don't know. He'll be back. Woo! We'll finally get a body that can keep up with our recreated spirit. It's going to be something. Glory. We're going to do some stuff. Woo! Glory to God. I believe we'll be able to do all kinds of things. Run like the fastest horse. Fly like an eagle. Never get tired. Never have a wrinkle. We won't have to be concerned about gaining or losing weight. Or... Glory to God. Glory to God. It's going to be something. And it's not going to be long. It's not going to be long. He said, verse 32, when that happened, they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven together and them that were with them. And they said, the Lord is risen indeed. And he's appeared to Simon. And then they told what things were done in the way, how he was known of them in the breaking of bread. And as they thus spake. What are they doing? They're talking about the Lord. They're talking about the glorious thing that happened and him being raised from the dead. They said, hey, we know it's true. We met him on the road and he expounded the scriptures and and we didn't know him at first, but then we saw him and it was him. They said it was him. Yeah, the women saw him this morning. Uh, He's not there. No, he's not there. And they looked up and there he was. See, the scripture's worded exactly as it should be. How does it word it? Verse 36. As they thus spake. As they talked about it. Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said to them, Peace be to you. You believe they're having a manifestation of the glory of God? Or is Jesus being real to them? (laughs) Oh, wow. But notice what's connected with it. As they spoke of it. As they spoke about it. As they spoke. Here's a big key. I'm going to show you through other scriptures. But such a big key to the greater manifestation of the glory of God. We must speak of his glory. I said we must speak of his glory. You can see we've begun to do this in the church. And we're already seeing. And I believe it's just the beginning. But we're already seeing more manifestation. Of the presence of God. Why? We've been speaking about it. We've been talking about Him. Talking about His glory. Can you do this at your house? Can you do this in your uh, car? Just one thing we're doing just a moment ago. What are we saying? We're saying glory to God. Are we talking about His glory? When we say that, are you thinking about His glory? Next thing you know, He begins to be more real to you. Right? 
Everybody say, speak of his glory. Go to the book of Psalms and let's look at a few more of these. You know, I've told this, but it'll bear repetition. As a boy, we lived out in the country. Us boys, uh, myself and little brother and uh, cousins and friends, and uh, we enjoyed camping out. That was one of our favorite pastimes. My dad bought us a tent for one of my birthdays. And man, we thought we had it then. But we had us a little cook stove and we had a tent. And brother, we'd go out and we'd play all day. And, uh, you know, out in the woods, deep woods sometime, and just scared of nothing. I mean, we'd, there was no place too grown up for us to go through. You know, I thought I was Tarzan during that part of my life. <laughs> I practiced till I got that yell down just right. And every time I saw a vine in a tree, I thought it was just for me that I was supposed to swing from it. No fear. I mean, swing so high you need a parachute to get down. And them old vines, and they did break once in a while. <laughs> Thank God for angels. Of course, down in the south, I mean, you know, we got critters, varmints, right? We got poisonous snakes, big ones. I mean, we got, you know, six and eight foot water moccasins. And we swim in, you know, there's snakes there. You saw them there yesterday. But we'd stomp our feet a little bit and splash the water and figure, well, they get out of the way, you know. And here we are. <laughs> I'll jump in. Sometimes you'd feel one on your leg and go, oh man, you know, jump out, make some more noise. What I'm saying is no fear. I mean, no fear. I'm understand children have to be taught fear. No fear. And I mean, we'd run through the bushes and through the woods and swing from the trees and dive in the ponds, go places we shouldn't be, I'm sure. No fear, none. And then we get around the campfire at night, and somebody would invariably start telling a scary story. You might know what I'm talking about. And then somebody else had to tell one more gory and worse than that one, try to top it. And after an hour or two of that, these formerly fearless boys... <laughs> Become fearful, full of fear. We're sitting around, and now you heard a twig snap. What was that? Did you hear that? What was that? I don't know. I thought I saw something. And literally, literally, in a matter of minutes, physically feel fear. I mean, goosebumps come up on your arm. The hair stand up on your arms and the back of your neck. You are afraid. You feel fear. How many of you know the Bible talks about the spirit of fear? Yes. The spirit of fear is in manifestation. Yeah. We're experiencing fear. Why weren't we experiencing fear swimming with the water moccasins? If you'd have been looking for a reason, there would have been one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Huh? Why weren't we experiencing fear? Swinging on a vine that's about half broken. 30 feet above the ground. I mean, what? Because we weren't thinking about it. We weren't talking about it. Right? But you get in there and start talking about fear. Start talking about it. How many understand you ought not go see horror movies? Shouldn't. I mean, people call it entertainment. It's not entertainment. What do they get out of it? They want to be scared. 
they want to be shocked. They want to be alert. They want something to jump up and they jump out of their seat and they're scared. They think that's fun. But listen, friends, the enemy loves it when you do that. Because you're feeding stuff in you that later on he can work with. He wants you trained to fear. He wants you to practice yielding to fear. Because fear to the devil is like faith to God. When you yield and act in faith, it gives God a legal right to manifest himself in your life. When you yield and act on fear, it gives the devil a legal right to work destruction in our lives. Oh, friend, we ought to treat fear like one of the worst things in life. No tolerance for it. I mean stand against it, resist, and certainly not feed fear in our lives. You talk about it, and it's going to manifest. Well, what if you talked about the glory of God? What if you talked about the goodness of God? What if you talked about healing miracles, financial miracles? You can sure see the wisdom of God in directing us concerning testimonies every service, right? Why? Because we talk about them. And what else? We have them, right? And we have more of them. And we just keep having more. And they just keep getting stronger. Why? How many believe the more we talk about them, it's going to keep going that way? We just keep talking about it, talking about it. And we don't stand up and talk about what the devil's doing. And how bad this is. Why? Because if you talk that, you're going to have more of the same. Whatever you talk of, you're going to have the manifestation of. Some circles, bless people's hearts, it's real popular to talk about the devil. Why don't you turn with me to the book of Psalms in the 29th Psalm while I'm describing this to you. Psalm 29. So-called deliverance ministry and deliverance meetings. And deliverance is a Bible word. But some folk get off with it. And they just talk entirely too much about the devil. The devil this and the devil that. And somebody's got devils in them, and this one's got devils in them, and there's a, you go on till there's a devil behind every bush, and everything that goes wrong, there's a devil, there's a devil, there's three devils in there. One fellow came by a ministry I used to work for one day, and he said, yeah, he's a preacher, and he said he had already cast out 13 devils out of himself that morning. <laughs> well, that is devil conscious, right? If you're always talking about the devil, faith comes by hearing. What you going to have faith in? The devil. And people, you know, bless their hearts. It's a deceptive thing. In their quest for deliverance, they actually wind up yielding to the devil. They call themselves trying to get rid of the devil, but they wind up inviting the devil in. Because he loves it when you talk about him. And I've seen people say, well, I'm going to study, you know, these books on witchcraft and astrology and Satan worship so I'll know how to identify it. You better not. Don't you have such a book in your house? Well, I need to know these things so I can know how to deal with it. No, no. You got a book that tells you how to deal with it. Amen. Right? No, no, no. There's a lot of stuff you do not need to know. It'll hurt you to know it. How many understand there's some things you wished you had never found out? There's something you wished you had never known. Why? Because then you have to deal with it. You'd have been better off never knowing it. Never seeing it. All the knowledge of evil. People would be better off never knowing it. Knowledge of good is what we want. Right? The Bible talks about we're to be simple. 
concerning evil. But concerning good, we're to be men. He's talking about mature ones. You don't talk about the devil all the time or you'll have a manifestation of the devil. I had a fellow come to me one time years ago and he said, you know, I'm looking for somebody that's got the power. It can cast these spirits out of me. I said, well, how do you know you got spirits in you? He said, well, I just know somebody told me and prophesied. And so I'm looking and he said, I've gone to person after person. I can't find the person with the power. Well, see, this person's not God conscious. They're looking for power. Yes, that's not the same as looking for God. Right? Looking for miracles is not the same as looking for God. And uh, I've ministered to people. I've cast out spirits before. I've taken authority over situations before numerous times. It's in the Bible. I know that. But how many understand you don't magnify the devil? Unless you want more devil manifestation. And uh, he said, well, so you, do you have the power? <laughs> and I said, well, I, uh, yeah, I do. But, uh, you know, I think you're going the wrong direction with this. And he said, oh, I knew it because he wanted to, some answers. And I gave him Colossians. That said that we have been delivered from all the power of darkness. Have been. I said, believe that. Act on it. The truth will make you free. He said, I figured as much. You just give me a scripture and send me down the road. You know. Well, see, if you don't have respect for the Bible, you're going to be hard to help. You know, what you going to magnify more than the Bible? He said, I'll find somebody. And sure enough, he found a group. That would spit cotton and scream at the devil for hours at a time over it. And sweat and writhe and pray and rebuke and bind all night long. He found a group that would. And the next time I saw him, he had a spirit. Did you hear me? Yeah, I knew by the Holy Ghost. The first time I saw him, he just had a lot of confusion and ignorance and rebellion. But this time, it was more than just that. See, in all of their rebuking and binding, in all of their talking about the devil, they actually invited the devil. Do you see this? You know how Jesus dealt with the enemy? There were two phrases that he used. They weren't very long. Right? Shut up. Come out. Is that it? And they tried to say and do a bunch of other stuff. What did he say? Shut up. Come out. That's the end of it. None of these long protracted conversations with the devil. Who are you? Where'd you come from? How many other people have you been in? What did you do? Where's the other devils? People do this and call it church. Listen, friend. Even if you're getting a response, do you not understand? Devils are known liars. They're known liars. Let's rehearse real slowly what you're supposed to say. Shut up. Come out. And then you expect that to happen. Right? You don't wrestle with the devil night and day. The devil has been defeated. Jesus has defeated him. He has been stripped of his power. He's been brought to naught and put under our feet. And we need to occupy in that dominion until Jesus comes. 
No, it's not just in and of ourselves, but we've been given the name of Jesus. And in that authority, in that name, every knee has to bow. Resist the devil and what will happen? He'll flee from you. That's the Bible. That's what you do. That's what you expect. That's why around here you hear us talk about it. Even if the devil's able to pull off something, we don't even tell it. We give him no free advertising. None. None. It frustrates him. Makes us happy. (laughs) He thinks he was able to do something and surely they'll tell it. No, we don't even tell it. No. But God can do even a small thing. We tell that. Right? Why? Because we want to see God manifest. So we're going to speak of him. Talk about him. And as you're talking about him and talking about him and talking about him and thinking about him and fellowshipping around him, you'll look up. There he'll be. The Lord. There he is. Amen. So you hear the phrase, speak of the devil. Right? Somebody walk up and you were talking about him. Somebody says, well, speak of the devil. We need to get rid of that one. Right? First of all, we ought not be calling each other devils. But see, the principle, why do people say that? Well, I was talking about you and there you are. Huh? I was talking about you and looked up. There you are. It's a spiritual law. It's a spiritual law. What you put your mind on, you open your spirit up to. I talked about us sitting around a campfire and telling scary stories. And then next thing you know, you're scared. The spirit of fear is manifest. I mean, tangible, real. I can remember it to this day. It's been years ago. Oh, but since then, there's been times when I've been in meetings and I've been a you know, sitting around the table and talking about the things of God or, or at home or, or with different ministers or people. We start talking about how God moved and, and talking about. And next thing you know, you begin to sense that same anointing yes. right there while you're talking about. Some of the same, there's been services where I'd start talking about what God did at another time or in other services. And as you keep talking about it, here comes some of the same manifestation. Some of the same things happen in this service as the one you were talking about. That's why the Lord leads you to talk about those things. Because then as people hear, faith comes for them because he wants to do some more of the same in the present service. Everybody said out loud, speak, speak. Of, his glory. of his glory. Now in Psalm, was it 29? Psalm 29. Let's read this. This whole Psalm is wonderful. I'll just... Uh, Take time and read some of it. Psalm 29, verse 1. Give to the Lord, O ye mighty. Give to the Lord what? Glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory, honor due his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Actually, the margin says in his glorious sanctuary. Is he talking about glory throughout all this? Verse 3. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord's upon many waters. 
The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. He makes them skip like a calf. Lebanon and Syria like a young unicorn. The voice of the Lord divides the flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the hinds to calf and discovers the forest. And in his temple does everyone speak of his glory. Hallelujah. How about us? Are we part of his temple? This is his place. We're part of his temple. Should everyone. Everyone speak of his glory. Should everyone speak of his glory? Yes. 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 The Lord sits upon the flood. Yea, the Lord sits king forever. The Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. Hallelujah. We should speak of his glory. We should speak of his glorious acts. We should speak of his wonderful works. We should talk about them without stopping. I don't necessarily mean every breath, but just all the time. I mean, you don't go very long without you start talking about something good that God has done. Something great that God has done. So the devil wants you to forget. He didn't want us to give these testimonies. He didn't want us to tell how that God healed somebody of cancer and how that God kept somebody from going under financially and helped them pay off all their debts. He didn't want us to tell that. Why? Because somebody else will hear it and go, why can't he do that for me? God say, I will. <laughs> right? Next thing you know, you got another manifestation of it. The devil doesn't want this because it'll start popping like popcorn, like it's already doing. Healings and healings and deliverances and financial miracles and, and chunks. Right? And somebody will come in even if they didn't believe it and they hear us talking about chunks for six months and then they go, well, maybe I'll get a chunk. You go, yeah. Yeah, why not? Why not? I'm with them. They think I'm one of them anyway. I might as well get the benefits. Right? I just believe I'll get me a chunk too. And next thing you know, even people that were unbelievers. And a big chunk comes in and they go, hey, this stuff works. And then they go tell it. And the devil goes, no, no, hush. Quit telling it. But we just crank up the volume and tell it some more. Yeah, we're going to tell it. We're going to tell the goodness of God. Amen. Tell your children and tell your grandchildren and tell your friends. And and instead of sitting around the table and talking about somebody. They didn't do this and this didn't happen and I don't understand that. How many understand there's something else we could be talking about? We could be talking about the glory of God. Oh man, did you sense the presence of God? Oh, did you see? Who did you hear about this healing that happened? Oh, did you hear about how God brought that baby out? Oh, did you hear about how God fixed that man's foot? Oh, did you hear about how God took that cancer out of that lady's body? Oh, did you hear about this? And talk about it. And talk about it. And you'll look up. And there he'll be. And the same kind of things will begin happening in your life. Say it out loud. Speak of his glory. Speak of his glory. And you'll see his glory. Hallelujah. Stand up on your feet. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. 
If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.